Welcome to the Life Podcast. We're so glad that you're joining us for another hope-filled message. We pray that you're encouraged by this powerful word from our Sunday service. Hey, uh, I love being a dad. I love the fact that God gave me two girls first. So I now have, for those of you who don't know me, I now have a 20-year-old girl and a 18-year-old girl. She's gonna be 18, in fact, just in a couple of days. And I know when you look at me, you think, how on earth can you have kids that old? <laughs> and uh, I know, I know, I know, it's tough. But uh, one of the things I love about girls is there's this amazing connection between a girl and a father. And uh, my oldest daughter, who is incredible, but one of her sweet spots is not a room full of people that she doesn't know. She can tend to get a little bit overwhelmed and a little bit kind of uh, uh, over uh, intimidated, I guess, when she walks into a room full of people she doesn't know. Now, being my daughter, you spend a whole lot of time in rooms full of people that you don't know. So when she was about four or five, maybe six, I watched her walk into a room and she'd literally shrink back like the environment would take confidence out of her. So we made up this little thing where I would walk up beside her when I would see that happening because if she was in this room today, you'd find her in the corner with someone having a DM and there would be a God moment going on in that corner. But you don't have to be intimidated when you're not in environments that you're not naturally suited to. So I we, we made up this little thing where I would walk up beside her and I would hold her hand. And then that was just a, hey, I'm here. And then we took it a step further where instead of just holding her hand, I would grab her thumb and I would squeeze three times. And she would know what I'm saying to her is, I love you. She would then squeeze my thumb three times, which is I love you. And I would, my life is over, I'm done, I'm happy. That's, that's the end of it, I'm good to go. But I would then squeeze it two more times and that message was, I'm here. And I watched over a period of years, me just grabbing her hand would change her demeanour in those environments. Me just holding onto her hand would give her confidence knowing that I'm not here alone and I'm not overawed and I'm not at the mercy of an environment, but my dad is here beside me in this environment. And then when I would squeeze her hand, it would take the confidence to a whole nother level. And it got to a point where I would be in an environment. And there's been a couple of times where I've been down on the front row ready to preach and I've got all sorts of thoughts going on where she would come up and hold my hand and she'd squeeze my hand. I love you, I'm here. What would your world look like if you knew you didn't do life alone? That if in every environment you could sense the presence of God, knowing that I'm not journeying, whether I'm in my sweet spot and capitalising on opportunities God's given me or whether I'm in a valley and I'm going through the darkest moment, what would it look like if you knew you weren't doing life alone? We are in week two of a collection of talks called The Whisper and our prayer is that every person, whether online, in the chapel, in the auditorium, would discover again that there is a person and His name is Holy Spirit. And if we would learn to listen and if we would learn to hear who He is, it would change our life. That we're not, Jesus doesn't go, I've got a plan and a purpose for you, now go do it. He says, I've got a plan and a purpose for you and I'm giving you Holy Spirit to journey with you so that you are not just called, but you are powered to live the life that I've called you to live. I believe that the Holy Spirit is talking to every one of us, but it's up to 
us to listen and probably more importantly, learn to recognize his voice. Disclaimer, I have never heard the audible voice of God. In the last two months, I have had a couple of people who I've talked to and They've said to me, man, I wish I could hear God's voice like I hear preachers talk about. I hear preachers get up here and talk about God said and God spoke and I heard God tell me and I have never heard the audible voice. I don't have a preacher story where you're on a plane and God spoke to me about the person next to me and her name was Susie and she's 37 and when she was four years old, God did. Now I'm not downplaying those stories. I'm believing for those stories, but I, I don't have one of those where I hear the audible voice of God and then I led her to the Lord and she had such a radical salvation that the row behind me, they got led to the Lord. And before it was, all of economy was singing shout to the Lord because God's audible voice was with me in that. I've never had that. But I've lived a life of nudges, prompts, thoughts that I've had that I've thought, I'm not clever enough to have that thought. That's got to have come from somewhere because I'm not smart enough to have that thought. My wife is amening real loud right there. But how does the Holy Spirit speak? Is it, a, is it a proverbial pinch on the thumb? Where you just know that you know that you know. And our prayer is that through this bunch of talks called the whisper, is that we wouldn't box how He wants to speak to us, but we would discover how He does speak to us. Because I am convinced that Holy Spirit is speaking to every person in this room, whether you know it or not, we just got to learn to tune in. I love uh, in John chapter 14, verse through, John chapter 14 through to about chapter 17 is basically Jesus' entire teaching on the Holy Spirit. I want to encourage you this week to read John 14 through 17. That's all of Jesus' teaching on the Holy Spirit. But I'm going to break into chapter 15. And if you don't know the story, let me catch you up to speed real quick. Uh, we are going to break into the story where Jesus is having what we know as the Last Supper. He's sitting down with his disciples and that night he is gonna end up in the Garden of Gethsemane where he's gonna pray and then the Roman soldiers are gonna come and arrest him. The next day he'll be on the cross fulfilling what God had always asked him to do and that's to give his life to bridge the gap between broken humanity, you and I, and a loving God, to a relationship with God. So he is in the middle of having dinner with his disciples. He's washed their feet. He's had a last meal and he's given a new covenant that is relationship over religion. Up until this point, if you sinned, you had to go to the temple and slaughter a sheep to get forgiveness of your sins. Thank God that it's not like that anymore because I'd need a lot of sheep. But now Jesus is the perfect sacrifice for us forgiveness. So he's given this new covenant of relationship over religion. This is the most... One of the most important messages he's going to give is right now. Effectively, it's his last will and testament. He knows that as of tomorrow, the disciples will be doing this thing on their own and he won't be around anymore. Could you imagine the disciples for three and a half years? They've had Jesus in the person. They gave everything up to follow Jesus. If they had a problem, they went and talked to Jesus. If they were told to do something and it didn't work, then they went and talked to Jesus. 
If they were fighting amongst themselves, which they did a whole lot of the time, they went and talked to Jesus and Jesus would be there in the flesh to fix it. And then Jesus says, hey, by the way, as of tomorrow, I'm out of here, peace. You're not gonna have me anymore. You're not gonna have me in the flesh, but I still want you to do what I've called you to do. They are freaking out because they're like, how do we do this without you here? Because Jesus said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And in the end, I'm gonna come back and bring you to myself. But right now, I have to go. Imagine the place he's prepared. A friend of mine just built a new home, took him about nine months and lots of hundreds of thousands of dollars and it's beautiful. Jesus has been building yours and my home for 2,000 years that he's gonna come back and bring us to. It's gonna be incredible. And at one point, we're gonna be with him again. But right now, he's not here. So they're walking between where they had dinner, the upper room, and the garden where Jesus would pray. And this is what he says to them. If you love me, keep my commandments. Pastor Luke referred to this scripture last week. Can I tell you that it's not, if you really love me, you'd keep my commandments. It's, hey, the way you keep my commandments is through loving me. If you love me, then you'll be fueled to keep my commandments. And I will pray to the Father and He will give you another helper that He may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth who the world cannot receive because it neither sees Him or knows Him, but you know Him. But you know Him for He dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans, but I will come to you. I both believe in and have a growing need of the person of Holy Spirit. When I pray and when I say that I believe in the Holy Spirit, it's way more than a statement of of faith or a repetition of the Apostles' Creed. It's a statement of personal experience. When I say I believe in the Holy Spirit, it's not because I've read a book about someone else's experience with the Holy Spirit. It's not because I've seen someone else have an engagement with the Holy Spirit, but I believe in the Holy Spirit like I believe in oxygen. Although I can't see it, when I breathe it in, it makes a huge difference. Although I can't see it, see it, when I breathe it in, it makes me come alive. When I say I believe in the Holy Spirit, although we can't see Him, when I engage with Him, it changes the way I do life. I believe in the Holy Spirit like a flag believes in the wind. You can't see where it's coming, you can't see where it's going, but you can see it move the flag. You know, I've experienced the person and the power of the Holy Spirit through my life. I'm a different guy today than I was 12 months ago, five years ago, a decade ago. Why? Because I'm a part of a great church. Yep, that's part of it. Because I've got great people around me. Yep, that's part of it. But it's all predicated and built on the person of the Holy Spirit who leads me to a group of people, who leads me to express what He's put inside of me. We are different today because of the person of the Holy Spirit. I believe in the Holy Spirit as someone who has has committed his life to build the local church. And I have seen through hell and through high water, the gates of hell will not, shall not and cannot prevail against her. Not a building, a person. You are the church. I am the church. That as we, as we lean into who the Holy Spirit is, I believe in the Holy Spirit as a dad and as a husband. I don't know about you, but when I said I do to my wife, About three months later, I thought, what have I done? (laughs) Probably more importantly, what has she done? Like, I I find it hard enough to be responsible for my own life. 
Then I bring a little baby into it. I'm like, God, what have you done? If as a parent, like you get to feel like you got this thing on lockdown. Like I know how this thing works now. About three years old, Graham, you got this coming. About three years old, you're like, man, I know how this works. I know how to parent. I know how to do this. And then the kid changes. You're like back to ground zero. Then they start school. You're back to ground zero. Then they go through puberty. (laughs) Then you go through puberty. And then you're back at ground zero. Listen, it's not about getting everything together. It's about the one who can lead you through all the seasons of life and adapt and adjust to whatever it is that you need. It's been said that we have difficulty with the Holy Spirit because we're neither holy and we can't see spirit. Besides that, we're all good. You know, you were wired to live with a knowledge of Holy Spirit leading and guiding. You know, there's no better one to listen to when it comes to being led by the Holy Spirit than Jesus. He and the Holy Spirit go way, way back. Like way, way back. Genesis chapter one says that they work together to create everything that you and I see. That through the Holy Spirit, the world was created. The Spirit was hovering. Do you know that wherever it is in your life, the Spirit is hovering just waiting for us to activate a word from God so that it can be built on the reality of what God sees, not what we're going through. Now, John chapter 16, verse 12 says this, I still have many things to tell you, but you cannot handle them now. When the friend comes, the spirit of truth, he will take you by the hand and he will guide you into all the truth that there is. He won't draw attention to himself but will make sense of what is about to happen. Indeed, out of all that I have done and I have said, he will honour me because he will take from me and deliver it to you. Catch this. Everything the Father has. How many believe in the all-powerful, all-knowing, omnipresence of God? Come on, online in chapel, give me a wave. This is like an engagement. Give give me a wave if you believe in this. Everything the Father has, the all-powerful, the omnipresent, the ever-knowing, the got the answer for whatever you're going through, everything the Father has, He's gonna take from the Father because the Father's given it to me, Jesus said, and then He's gonna give it to you. Do you know that there's nothing that you're facing that Holy Spirit doesn't have an answer for? There is no wall, no mountain, no challenge that is in front of you that is bigger than the answer of Holy Spirit. Never underestimate the power of Holy Spirit. Psalm 80 verse 17 says this, let your hand be upon the man of your right hand, upon the son of man who you made strong for yourself. Who you made strong for yourself. You know what the Holy Spirit wants to do? To empower you to do the very thing that God called you to do. What would it look like if we this week leaned into the whisper? What would our marriage look like? What would our work look like? What would it look like if we leaned into the whisper of Holy Spirit this week? You know, I love sunsets. I love sunrises. I love to watch the sun go down. I love to watch the sun rise. And wherever we are, I'll try and as many times, often as I can to watch a sunset or a sunrise. In fact, I snapped a picture just the other day. This is... Uh, our central building looking over the offices across the road. That's a sunset. Here's the deal. The only problem with the sunset is you only get one every 24 hours. But you know that astronauts get 16 sunrises and 16 sunsets a day. 
Because they're 400 and something kilometres above the earth travelling at 27,000 kilometres an hour. So every 45 minutes, they get a sunrise and a sunset. I love what God says in Isaiah. He says this, that the plan of mine is not what you should would work out. Neither, this plan of mine is not what you would work out. Neither are my thoughts the same as yours. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways. Here's a thought that I had this week. God lives in constant hindsight. You ever look back in a moment in your life and think, I wish I had of? No one, just me. I feel like the only alcoholic confessing at an AA meeting right now. You ever look back at a moment in life and you thought, man, I wish I had have done stuff different. I wish I had have obeyed that prompt. You ever been in an argument, an intense conversation they're called at my house? And then after you're in that moment, you think about a response that you could have had in that moment that would have won you the deal there and then. I should have said. I'm real witty after the moment. Do you know that God lives in constant hindsight? The challenge of your today, He's in your future just waiting for you to catch up. And the, the prompts, the whispers, the leanings, the nudges of the Holy Spirit that He is giving you today are not based on a now problem, but based on a future promise that He's saying, if you would do this today, you'll end up where God wants you to be tomorrow. And out where we are stuck in the moment, God is outside of time, navigating us through His will and His purpose. And He says, I'm gonna leave you the Holy Spirit to nudge you in a way that will get you from your time today to the tomorrow that I have for you. What if we could live with a constant hindsight as our foresight? I've got good news for you. You can through the power of Holy Spirit. Not just the power of the Holy Spirit, but the person of the Holy Spirit. He's not just the power. He's not like a lightsaber that God gives you to work through. Is that, does that work? Because I've never watched the Star Wars in my life, but... He's a person. 2 Corinthians 12 verse 9 says, And He said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. We live in a society where we don't Instagram our weaknesses, we Instagram our strengths. We don't highlight our challenges, we highlight the wins. Do you know that God's, if this is true, God's strength has no purpose where you are strong because I can do it. I don't, my kids don't need me today where they needed me when they were three. If they did, it would be awkward and I'd be mad. But the Bible says that his strength is made perfect in my weakness. So therefore, it would be advantageous to us instead of trying to hide our weaknesses, we expose them and invite Holy Spirit in to lead us into the future. Therefore, most gladly, I would rather boast in my infirmities. We should all make t-shirts with our weakness. Angry. <laughs> Disappointed. Not that we wear to church, but we wear to our quiet time where we say, God, this is where I need you. 
that the power of Christ may rest upon us. Where does the power of Christ rest? In our infirmities. Therefore, I take pleasure in my infirmities and my reproaches, in my needs and in my persecutions, in my distresses, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. You know that word strong in the original language means sustained, strengthened, resolve, bold, because I walk into a room and I'm intimidated, but Holy Spirit grabs my thumb and pinches it three times. And all of a sudden where I was intimidated, I'm bold, alert, strong in soul. God, give us a strength in our soul where my feelings don't make decisions, where my thoughts don't make decisions, where my bad day doesn't make a decision, but my soul can remain strong. You know, the Bible teaches us that everything Jesus did in his 33 years, he did through the power of Holy Spirit. That he gave aside his divinity and he became fully human and modelled what life looks like when we engage with Holy Spirit. What would our world look like? You know, this collection of talks, our whole heart and our whole prayer is that we would engage a little bit more with Holy Spirit. That we would realise we're not doing life alone, that we're not walking through this life abandoned, as Jesus would say, but we are walking through this life empowered with God Himself in the person of the Holy Spirit. That Jesus lived a life and modelled what it was like to live engaged with the Holy Spirit. And how, here's how He did it. Number one, the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus. Luke chapter 3, verse 21 and 22 said this, When all the people were baptised, it came to pass that Jesus was also baptised. And while he prayed, the heaven was open and the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him and a voice from heaven which said, you are my son, identity, in whom I'm well pleased, acceptance. You know, there are moments in God where, I mean, no, God's always here. He's omnipresent. There's nowhere, the Bible says you can't go. There's no dark place you can go. There's no depth you can go. There's no challenge that you can face that will separate you from God. God is always here. But then there are moments where He's here. In worship this morning, when we sang Name Above Ever, whatever that song was, the last one, I'm useless with that stuff. The last song that we sang, the presence of God was in this room. Do you know that as a Christian, we need to find out and work out what, is our language to get into the presence of the Holy Spirit where we know that we can go to that. Maybe for you, it's worship. Maybe for you, it's the Word. Maybe for you, I have a collection of emails that I've written myself of stories of what God has done. And when I need to get into the presence of God, I need the testimony of my own past to read what God has done in my life to go, if God did it back there, then He'll do it there and He'll do it right now. What is it that we've got to do? Because you can't get baptised every week. Pastor Tim Seggs is not at your work if you have a bad day to pull out a tank and baptise you real quick so that the Holy Spirit descends on you like a dove and you feel a good identity and a value. That's not what's gonna happen. But we need to get baptised. By the way, if you're not baptised, we've got one coming up. Here's the deal. We need to figure out how do I get into the presence of the Holy Spirit? 
What does that look like for me? And I can't give you a formula because what works for you may not work for me. What works for me may not work for you. All I can encourage you to do is just try a bunch of stuff. Try worship, try, try coming to church, try uh, getting some solace in nature. And God, what is it for me that gets me into your presence? Number two, Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit. Luke chapter four, verse one, then Jesus being filled with the Holy Spirit. I remember when I was 17 or 18 years old, I was at a summer camp called Armed and Dangerous. That's an 80s name right there, eh? Someone tell the youth team real quick to name the next camp Armed and Dangerous. It'll sell out. I remember one night a preacher gets up and he says, hey, if you wanna feel the presence of God, come on down the front. I went down the front. And I gotta be honest with you. Now, Christianity is not all about this. However, you're missing something huge if you don't have moments like this. Where in worship, for the very first time ever, I felt the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Like my, my thinking changed in that moment as an 18-year-old boy. My sense of who God was in my world changed in that moment because of the infilling of the Holy Spirit. If you don't come to our 6 p.m. services, we make room in our 6 p.m. services to pray for people for infilling of the Holy Spirit. Come on out to a 6 p.m. and get into a moment where you know that you've been filled with the Holy Spirit of God because He is a gift that God wants to give to you. And the Bible says that through that gift, you can build yourself up in your own faith. You can feel a sense of strength in your own faith that Jesus, every conversation that He had, that every time, he touched a blind man and they saw that every time he spoke to a broken lady at a well and she saw hope for a future, it wasn't through his own power, but through the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says that greater works will you and I do than even Jesus did. Why? Because we're good? No, because the Holy Spirit is enough for us to walk into all that He has for us. Let's believe to lean into the whisper of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus. Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit and Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit. Luke 4, 1, second part of this says, returning from Judea, he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. What would life look like if we were led by the Holy Spirit? You know, about seven years ago, eight years ago, I was having dinner with uh, a couple, actually Carl and Susan Susan Lipscomb, from our North Campus and having dinner down here in the city after one Sunday night service, I came out to my car and someone had smashed the window and taken my bag, which had my Bible and my iPad in it. So I get home at like 10 o'clock at night. I say to Amanda, they've stolen my bag and it's got my Bible on my iPad. I wasn't actually worried about the iPad. I was worried about the Bible because it was a Bible that I'd had for a decade, had all my notes in it, had all my God revelations in it. So Amanda goes, hey, didn't you download that Find My Friend things on your iPad? I'm like, yeah, I did. So I log on, can't remember the password to save my life, reset the password real quick and up pops a map with the green dot of my iPad driving down the motorway. I'm not telling you which area it was, but it was closer to Hamilton than it was Kaitaia. It's driving down the motorway. So I call triple zero, triple one, what? This country, what is it? Triple one, I call triple one. Good news is triple zero goes to triple one anyway. I call, I call triple one. And the lady on the end of the phone says, what's the problem? I told her, I said, but I know where the iPad is. 
She goes, I've got a squad car right near that. Stay on the line. So I'm telling the lady at the call centre who's telling the squad car and the squad car's following my iPad. The green dot pulls up side a house, down there, pulls up side a house and I watch the green dot walk into the house and go to the back corner of the house. I say to the lady on the phone, it's in the back right corner of the house. An hour later, a policeman turns up with my iPad, my bag, my Bible, my whole... Imagine that poor little dude who thought he'd got away from it. He's sitting in his room. I've won. And then the cops turn up. <laughs> you know, the Holy Spirit can track exactly where your life is going. Can track exactly where your marriage is going. Can track exactly where your business is going, exactly where your internal world is going. And He wants to tell you, don't turn there. Turn there. In the midst of uncertainty, He wants to go, you're gonna be okay. In the midst of I've stuffed everything, He can come with a sense of peace. John chapter 16, but now I'm going to Him who sent me. And none of you asks, where are you going? But because I have said to you these things, sorrow has filled your hearts. But I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, here's what the Amplified says, the comforter, the advocate, the intercessor, the counsellor, the strengthener, the standby will not come to you. But if I do go, I will send Holy Spirit to you to be in close fellowship with you. Church, I want to know the person of the Holy Spirit. I want to live a life that leans into His whisper, that leans into His guidance, that leans into His answer. That when the green dot of my life is going somewhere, I don't know where it's going, that Holy Spirit would speak to me. Here's my whole message in one sentence. If you don't get anything, write this down. Proximity with the Holy Spirit comes through both invitation and engagement. Church, what would it look like this week if we firstly invited the Holy Spirit and then engaged with what He said? Like when you get a knowing in your, don't wait for a preacher story on a plane where all of business class, if that's where you fly, economy where I fly, is singing shout to the Lord because I don't know if it'll happen. However, I know that I know that I know you can walk out of here and get a nudge, get a thought, get a sense. And there's this business opportunity to show I take it. When was the last time you said, Holy Spirit, what do you think? Do I get a peace about this or do I get an agitation about this? Because Holy Spirit wants to walk with you and work through you to see His kingdom come. His will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Thanks for listening to this podcast. We trust that you were encouraged by this powerful message. You always have a place to call home here at Life. And we invite you to join us for our Sunday services at any of our Auckland campuses. If you're not in Auckland, then check us out, Church Online, wherever you are in the world. 
Just head to lifenz.org or download the Life app to stay connected and find out more.